With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, Beatles fans, to another episode of I Saw the Beatles. This is episode 39, and our really special guest this week is Sue Weisenhaus, who has the absolute patience of a saint, because trying to connect with her to get this interview done has just been, oh, it's just been crazy, crazy, you know, and she's on the West Coast, I'm on the East Coast, you know, and and time changes, and I'm not good with that stuff, with that time change stuff, so... Uh, let's get her on the line and get corded and out there to you guys before the universe decides to stop us again <laughs> from talking to each other. Hi, Sue. How are you? I am great, Jan. Thank you so much for this opportunity. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Good. It's a little toasty out here, but I, you know, you can't tell that to a Californian. Uh, oh my gosh. We're in triple digits for weeks. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know, and I'm, we're all sitting here out here on the East Coast with our fingers crossed going, don't, please don't, please don't. I it's know. It's up north, it's, it's down south, it's, you know, and it's like one of those has got to come at us at some point. We're we're just hoping it doesn't. But anyway, uh, so let's see. I mean, besides the fact, I, I got to ask. So you say you've seen Paul McCartney 117 times, right? Yes. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> that, that's amazing. And, and do you ever wonder what what you could have done with that chunk of change you spent? Oh well, we can go there it? for a minute. Well, it's it's like that Mastercard commercial. It's priceless, you know. So oh, yeah. okay. so it is what it is. So I'm 70 and still working. So that tells you something right there because I'm not. He, <laughs> you, I spent my work? retirement money following Paul. <laughs> yeah. Do you do you do you work to see Paul or are you working to pay off? Paul. No, uh, I'm I'm current with Paul. And you know, COVID, you know, because I got all my refunds, I would have gone uh, to Europe last summer and seen him eight more times, which is my favorite place to see him because it's Europe and also because it's cheaper and you get better tickets. Um, so event travel, they're my favorite people in the whole wide world. But um, yeah, so that was heartbreaking to me to not be able to see him last summer, but I got refunds on all my tickets, so I have a Paul Reserve account now. Okay, so you're building it back up again. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, because you know this so, time we're going. I don't care if it's Japan, Brazil. You know, I'm I'm there. <laughs> y'all, y'all amaze me. You absolutely amaze me, and all I keep thinking, I gotta find these people. I don't have any of these people near me who who do this. You got to get a passport people. first of all. Oh well, no, I have the passport, and I. Oh well, then let's go. I just I just haven't found these people. Nobody said, "Hey, Jen, come on, let's go." You know, we're going to see Paul. Yeah. But yet I'm watching everybody doing like, "Where's my?" You know, somebody take me with you. <laughs> and I guess you just all have your own group. But we'll get into that later on. We're going to go go back to but the, the reason I asked you about your 117 times of seeing Paul mm-hmm. was the times you saw him with the Beatles. Is that included in that number, or is that separate? Yes. Just that, so you do That's, include. Yeah. Okay. That's right. number one. Yeah, that's number one on the list when I saw him okay. as the Beatles. Okay. So, and number one, the first time you ever saw Paul McCartney with the Beatles was when? Was uh, August 28th, 1965 at the Hollywood Bowl. I was 15 years old. And you want me to just tell the whole story now? Oh, absolutely. Go ahead. Okay, cool. All right, so um, my best girlfriend um, we, in eighth grade is when we discovered the Beatles. 
uh, the year before, and um, we just determined that we were going to go see them. But we were um, we lived on the Navy base, Lemoore Naval Air Station, Central California, so we were Navy brats. And um, her dad got transferred right before the well, a couple months before the concert was supposed to be. But we had got our tickets, and I was just talking to my son about this the other night, too, and it's like, I meant to call her. I don't remember how we got them. I know KRLA, the radio station in Los Angeles, sponsored that concert, so Mm -hmm. I'm assuming that we sent in, but I don't know who did it. Um, But when we got our tickets, I remember, you know, the the Beetle bubblegum cards. Um, Mm -hmm. So she was, see, I'm really a John girl uh, that loves Paul. So if if John were still here, I would see John 317 times. Oh, you would, <laughs> I would have. Oh, you and you would have. You probably would have. You have uh, probably been charged with squatting in Strawberry Field yeah. across the street from the Dakota, huh? Yeah. Well, who knows? <laughs> who knows? If tag, we only yeah. could rewind the tape, how I would have done things differently. Because in the middle of all that, I became a responsible mom and, you know, wife and all that stuff. So yeah, I lost out yeah. on a few good years. <laughs> Darn it. We all, we, we all did. We all did. And then we, yeah. we we end up all coming back. And that's why I am, you know, 56 years old where I am doing the doing these interviews with, with the Sweet. fans. Because, you know, I come back around and I'm like, wait a second. I want to know about what went on back then. So, mm. uh, so you got your... You you got your tickets, you and your friend. Yeah, just one just so, one friend. Yeah, just friend. One friend. Her name was Jane, and we wore our tickets around our neck. She had her Paul card with her ticket. We had uh, like you know how you have lanyards or whatever, but they were mm-hmm. they were they were made for like our student body card or something like that. So we wore them around mm-hmm. our neck with our ticket and and her Paul card, and I had my John card, and we mm-hmm. slept with those puppies. <laughs> so we didn't go anywhere without our Beetle ticket. That was our, our thing. And uh, one day, I remember we were at the, uh, it was on the base, so there's the, the pool for the different clubs there at the cheese club. And somebody, we were walking by there and somebody pushed me in the pool. And and I automatically grabbed my, my lanyard, held it up. They oh, Thank God they pushed me in the shallow end, so I was still standing. But I just held oh. it up. I was like, I mean, that was a total panic. Oh, my God. You know, you guard this with your life. You know, oh, and oh so God. that person oh, was dead oh. meat. <laughs> oh, my God. I hope, I hope they ran and ran quickly. <laughs> oh, yeah, because... for sure. <laughs> so oh, my, my friend, um, because we were Navy, her dad, uh, a couple months before the concert was due to happen, he got a sudden orders and transferred to Japan, and he would not let her stay here <laughs> until we saw the Beatles and then let her travel later. She had to travel with the family. So oh. heartbreak of all heartbreaks. But the cool thing was when they were in Japan the, the next year, her and her sister got to go see him in Japan. So that was cool. That made up for it. But she gave yeah. me her ticket, and her cousin lived in L.A. So mm-hmm. that was the plan. And uh, my mom said, absolutely not. You're not going to that concert. And you know what's so funny is because when I see all these postings on Facebook all the time about people, well, how they didn't go because my parents wouldn't let me, it's like, what's wrong with these people they listen to their parents i don't understand that mentality (laughs) because my mom said no and i was like whatever i'm gonna do what i'm gonna do i was she was an alcoholic and i was a very rebellious teenager um so it just kind of made sense i lied to her told her i was going babysitting and um the door uh walked to the train station which was like a mile from my house got on the train and rode it 200 miles to L.A. I was 15, just turned 15. And uh, then my girlfriend's cousin, her mm-hmm. aunt, we lied to her, too. And her aunt mm-hmm. was a nice lady. She didn't deserve to be lied to. <laughs> they picked me up at the train station. And um, so my friend's cousin, Judy, went to the concert with me at the Hollywood Bowl. And... Um, yeah, that was amazing. We had had you ever uh, met her before, or was this the first time? No, we had met before because she had come up and spent you know like a week or so in the summer, so we knew each other, and we were like two peas in a pod. She was the greatest. Oh, okay. So this wasn't this wasn't anything. This wasn't like meeting a stranger. You know, you're no. You know. Oh, okay. No. Okay. It was cool. Oh, this is, this and is, then this story. This story is amazing because I don't know if you if you heard. Um, 
there was one story that just recently it just aired. Um, you know, it'll be actually when this year's airs, it'll be, you know, about three, four weeks prior. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm blanket on the name offhand. I really shouldn't do that. But uh, that just went out, not this week, last week, and with a woman who couldn't go. She, because her stepfather was an alcoholic, and he literally handed her money to go to the store and dared her to go to the concert. <laughs> and How she funny. did it. She cried because she knew. Oh, my gosh. So, you know, where you say, you know, you were rebellious and would challenge, you know, your mom and the and being an alcoholic and everything. And, and this, she was just deathly afraid and she could not go because, you know, and he literally put the money in her hands to go and told her to go to the store for him and get stuff. And she had, she sat on the curb and cried because he just, you know, it was just a terrible game to him, you know, wow. mean, mean well, thing I to do. Said, so, thank you. <laughs> I would so, Well, you know, you what's know, funny is, the the, but at the, yeah, but at the same time, whereas your mother says you're not going to that concert, then there's of that I just recorded and it'll come out that, you know, of the young lady who said it was nothing to be in Philadelphia and with your friends 15 years old and get on a train and ride it to New York City in the 60s. And I know. Huh? And parents were okay with that, but your mom's saying, no, what do you do? You do it. <laughs> so as I said, it's, it's interesting when I ask, when I interview everybody as to the different, different ways they got there and the circumstances behind getting there. And it wasn't necessarily the same for everyone. So just because the parents said, go ahead and go from Philly to New York on a train, doesn't mean the person out in California was allowed to get on that. Their parents were going to allow them to do that. So you, so what I, what I guess what I need to know is, so you get on this train and you, and you go 200 miles and you meet your friend. I mean, does that mean you couldn't get dressed up for the show? You just had to wear your civvies and act like you were? No, I had um, a purse. I had my clothes in there and ah. I left like I was going babysitting. Um, ah. But, she, you know, and, and we wore... I, I remember I heard uh, the interview you did with Marianne, and it's like, did you get dressed up? Well, heck yeah, we always wore dresses everywhere we went because that was very British. You you wore dresses, and you wore mm-hmm. your Mary Quant dress because that was, you know, you wanted to look mm-hmm. like Twiggy, and you dressed, you know, in Mary Quant fashions, and that was mm-hmm. what you did. You tried to look, I mean, I tried to look like Cynthia, and you know, so mm-hmm. <laughs> that was my thing for sure. But, you know, mm-hmm. it was funny because the night after the concert was over, my um, my friend's mom found out. I don't know if she overheard her or what, but she knew that I was there without permission. She made me call my mother. <gasps> and she apologized to my mother and saying that if she would have known that she would not have picked me up. And she was very um, apologetic. And so she promised my mother that she would put me on the train the next day. So my mom met me at the train station. And, and my mom, being an alcoholic, she was also very abusive. I was her punching bag. And mm-hmm. so she drove the car with one hand and just proceeded to slap me, hit me, slug me all the way home and just screaming, I hope it was worth it. I didn't feel a thing. <laughs> they yeah. believed it was worth every moment oh, of it. Oh, my. Can I, can, so. can I ask um, – as I said, I also, I, I, you know, having been the been the daughter of an alcoholic mother, I, I get it, you know, and I get the idea. And you never, you never, know, for people who don't know, you never know what to expect, ever. Right. You walk into a house, you wake up in the morning, whatever. You never know what you're walking into. It could yep, be the yep. kindest person in the world. It could be someone who's not talking to you, and it can be someone who just wants a fight, and they're not yep. going to get up, give up until they get one. So, um, so yeah, so, you know, I, I can understand, you know, so when did your mother pass away? I'm curious at this point. I mean, were you still, were you, is this, you know, did she pass away while you've been chasing Paul around? Oh, she what? passed away a year later. She had cancer and she, she was already an alcoholic, but she used uh, whiskey for her painkiller too. So she oh. passed away a year later. Yeah. After the first, then, after the Hollywood Bowl. Yeah, yeah. She passed oh, away on wow. her uh, on her thirty seventh birthday. She died. 
Wow. I'm sorry. So then our family was split up. Uh, I was the oldest, and my three younger sisters went to live with relatives um, here, there, and everywhere across the country. Yeah, it was very tragic for oh. for my sisters being for us being split up for her dying. Um, you know that was the mission that she was on. But yeah, mm-hmm. it was a sad thing. It was a very sad mm-hmm. thing. And in her her drunken stupors, she used to to piss me off. She would come in my room and just. Because I had my walls, ceilings, inside my closet, everything plastered beetles, wallpapered with beetles. Mm-hmm. And she would just come and just rip a, a, a wall's worth of paper off. I mean, I mean pictures off, too, just to, you know, <laughs> I know how to hurt you kind of thing, too. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I get it. I get it. I get it. Um yeah, it's a, it's a sad take, but you know, I guess I guess in your own way, then you probably had the Beatles to comfort you through all this. Oh, totally. And, and you know, the one thing I have to thank her I mean, for. I mean, they couldn't cure. Obviously, they're not going to cure what what happened. But I would assume that that's like a, a zone that you could go to. Oh, almost. the Beatles have been my happy place and my safe place all, all my life. I mean, you know, from the day that they. Uh, became known in the U.S., they were my safe mm-hmm. place because living in my house was not safe. And so they right. were my happy place. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I have to thank my mother. She was an Elvis fan, and she turned me on to Elvis. And so I was in love with Elvis at a young age. So, you know, like John said, if it wasn't for Elvis, there'd be no Beatles, you know. So I have a picture in my Beatle room. I have one picture of Elvis because he is the king. Right. Right, he started. He started it all. Yeah. Of course, I'm sure that Sinatra fans would argue that. But hey, <laughs> <laughs> you know. no comparison. Ooh. <laughs> I know for, for us, there's no comparison. But no, I, I can't, no, honestly, I can't say that because I, I, I tend to listen to the forty, the forty uh, station on, on wow. XM. So yeah, I listen to 40s and 50s music. I don't listen to 60s and 70s as much as wow. I am a Beatles fan, and I have 40s, 50s, and the Beatles on I'll my on my thing. So you know, and I watch the old Frank Sinatra movies. Now the old guy who was covering people, you know, <laughs> let's not even get into that in the 70s. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm talking about the guy who you know back in back in the early days of Frank Sinatra. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> I I could see those movies and understand what the girls were were swimming right over with him. Well, so, you must like Paul's uh, album Memory Half Full then because he does a lot of that that old stuff. Yeah. See, I like I like you know that corny stuff that people, you know, that John always hated. John hated hated the corny old fashioned stuff your mother should know and and yeah. you know the the whole uh I'm trying to think what else. I know there's other ones, you know, silly love songs and and all all that stuff. It's yeah that John hated that that would go back and be you know retro kind of music or you know reflect on on the olden days of music. See, I I love that in Paul's music. Um, so let's see, a hundred. So that was the that was the only 1965 Hollywood Bowl. Is that uh-huh. the only time you saw them play? Yes, the and I well, see, and what happened? The reason that my life got interrupted was that uh, in between that time and my mom dying, she uh, did the ultimate, um, and she um, beat me one night with uh, the tip of her high heel shoe and put my eyeball out, and so she was <gasps> going to go to jail, and so. Um, in order to, because I have three sisters at home, so in order for her to keep from going to jail, uh, the probation department said she has to leave the home. So she sent me to live on a farm in North Dakota with uh, aunt and uncle and cousins. It was horrible. Oh my God, it was horrible. Oh, and, um, for you. So, so North Dakota is like, I mean, it's cool now because I'm an adult, but back then they just weren't happening. You know, Bobby V, hello. Um, oh, yeah, out, middle, out in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so the Beatles uh, for for that year, um, my life got totally twisted. And so by the time I got home and, um, and then after she died, um, their last concert was over. So I, I missed all that stuff because of the trauma yeah, so that right. that's, that was a sad thing. So, so when was the next time? Because you know, let's go on and this is you know we're trying to make this 
obviously this is your happy place and everything. So let's let's. When was the next time you got to see a Beatle in concert? I want to say just a Beatle because there were other. Obviously, they they all started, you know, got their albums and all appeared. And I can't assume that the next concert was Paul. But when was the next time no. you got to see a Beatle? The next one was uh, George Harrison when he did the Forum in L.A. in mm-hmm. uh, 1974. And I took How my, by that? then my, yeah, oh my gosh, my, by then my little sisters had, uh, were, they were living with me as teenagers, and I had a two-year-old daughter then, I was married with two-year-olds, and mm-hmm. so we went to that concert, and it was, and we did the righteous thing, we snuck up, and we were like in the 11th row, it was great, um, wow. it was, it was, it was the whole, I mean, to be in the forum, and to have that energy was amazing. And it had been a number of years because that was in my early married years, having a baby, and so life had changed a little bit. By then, I was drug free, and uh, um, oh, so you was, followed in your mother's footsteps in the in the addiction. Yeah, yeah, I was a yeah, and it fit because I was a hippie. So sex, drugs, and rock and roll was my mantra. I had to, you well, know, and, right? And of course, you know, you probably were of the mind, hey, this will never happen to me. I know better. Oh, well, I I swore I was never going to be like my mother. That's why I used drugs and and alcohol was, and I used alcohol, but I I just used it to kind of keep the uh, gravitated towards drugs. Yeah. So it was, it was a crazy time. Yes. So I guess I asked, you know, how I asked, how was uh, George? Because, you know, I, I didn't get, I don't get the impression, you know, I haven't talked too much about too many people who have seen George in concert, but just from what I've read and heard and things, I get the impression he wasn't the most dynamic performer of the Beatles no. when it came to solo, his solo work and, and shows. Yeah, he um, he wasn't, it wasn't that he was dynamic, the fact is it was George, so that made it dynamic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And And he was, he's very... He was very gentle. I mean, that's why it's so cool to see Paul because he interacts with his audience um, right. all the mm-hmm. time. And he mm-hmm. and he lets the scouser come out. He's just right. a comedian, you know, and, and I mm-hmm. just love his sense of humor. And uh, and he, he interacts with people, you know, get him all, you know, turned on. But mm-hmm. George, he loved his music, and, and, the, and it was about the music. The, the performers that were on the stage, it was about the music. It wasn't about the crowd, but we got to enjoy. The, and, and there's nothing more enjoyable than a musician, and you know, getting into their music. That's such a turn on. So it was. It, it really was a dynamic night. Mhm. And and who was next after George? Oh, should I tell you real quick? Oh, did we miss all about the? Oh, yeah, the, we were talking geez. about this the stuff behind oh, it. Oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. We go, so uh, we got to. <laughs> So real quick, I'll tell you. Oh my gosh, yes. So the Hollywood no, Bowl, the, my the most, um, sorry, that's the most important <laughs> part of the story. And I thought, I thought, well, she told what she wanted to tell me, so we'll move yeah. on. But anyway, so no, go back and please fill in the blanks. Yeah. We're, we, so uh, sorry, my, our tickets up, you, were. Sometimes you have to tell me in, to focus. Okay, I do. Yeah. Go focus. Right. Okay, that's cool. <laughs> we could hang out for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm blonde on top of it, so you better watch out. <laughs> So, so we're in section N, which is like if the Hollywood Bowl, there's box seats halfway up, and then there's this big walkway, and then they start the bleachers. So I was in the section N is where um, the bleachers started, and mm-hmm. um, and I was in the front row uh, corner seat, which would be considered like an aisle seat, but it had mm-hmm. this um, railing that came around it, and so I was mm-hmm. in the front bleacher. Uh, section and in the center and on the other side of this this wall for the bleachers that um, was a bunch of bushes that lined it all the way along so mm-hmm. I'm um, half the time I'm on my knees just and 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 I'm just repetitively saying John, John I'm screaming I can't do it because we're on tape right now but John John <laughs> John you know and, and if you've ever said the same word over and over I don't know if, if it's a lack of oxygen because you're constantly, you know, saying right. that word and you're not mm-hmm. sucking air back in. But I think I, I, my brain locked or something, but I just looked at my friend Judy and it's just like, I, 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 I couldn't talk. I just couldn't talk. 
and, and, and we're both we're both just screaming. Uh, it's like you know, like in the movie Hard Day's Night or something. We we mm-hmm. just totally reacted and just screamed the whole time. Of course, we're back in section N, you know, and so the the little bit of amplification that they had at the Hollywood Bowl, which is a really good amphitheater, you know, you could hear mm-hmm. the music, so you knew what the song was, but you screamed so much you didn't know what the words were. Mm-hmm. But it didn't matter because you knew the words. So, right. I mean, it was like, and it wasn't about the appreciation of the musician back then. I was just so helplessly in love with John. He just was, you know, and I hadn't, I didn't have a boyfriend yet. I'd had mm-hmm. like a first kiss or whatever, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I didn't have, you know, those puppy love romantic relationships to mm-hmm. relate to. I was just, he was my first love and my only love. You know, he's just been the forever love of my life. So I guess everybody and after after him just had to be compared to him. Yeah, and thank God I married a guy named John. So, you know, when you get <laughs> a little excited, you can say John without John, guilt. John, John, John. He <laughs> <laughs> gads. If I, if, I, if I did that with Paul, I'd be screaming out my father-in-law's name. <laughs> okay, that's weird. <laughs> amazing and because I was screaming so much I and I think I lost the oxygen I fell over the railing and fell into the bushes the bushes broke my fall and I think that kind of because I I think I passed out for a minute I think that just like all of a sudden just Mm -hmm. happened you know Mm -hmm. because otherwise I wouldn't have fallen into a bush right like doing a somersault in in a dress (laughs) no less So, but all I remember then is the security guys pulling me out, and they were trying to take me out. So I'm kicking and screaming. They've got me, and I and, and I'm like, you let go of me, or I'm going to kick you, you know. Uh-huh. Um, so I went into total fight mode, you know. And uh-huh. so they they saw that crazy lady look in my face, you know, fifteen uh-huh. year old crazy lady look, and they let me go, and I went running right back up to my seat and proceeded to scream you know just you did the rest of the concert (laughs) (laughs) and I remember the gals at the end of the concert some that were in the front because that's when they used to have a pool in front of the stage they jumped in the pool and were trying to run through the pool to get to onto the stage and then the Beatles were whisked off and that was it no more so that was pretty exciting (laughs) <laughs> and we just sit there, you know, getting some oxygen back in our brain. Like, did that just happen? We couldn't talk. We were speechless. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and I'm sure that something goes on with the neurotransmitters that were very interrupted for the moment, you know? <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I, I've never researched trying that to, out. Well, you're just trying to process everything. Where do you start? You know, oh my gosh! You know, you just don't. I guess you just don't know where to start. You're just your yeah. your whole mind is just trying to process it and remember every little thing. You know, in between. And you're your walking system. out, and it is it's so cool. And everybody is, and everybody's just going, "Oh, can you believe it?" And that's all we were doing is screaming at each other all the way. Out. Every person you looked at, it was like, "Oh my god!" Oh my god <laughs> I get goosebumps now when I'm telling you that. Yeah, so after your mom found out and you had to go, you know, you, you go back to school, are you are you still like telling people this story and well no Oh was, my god, this yes. August. This was August you said, so you weren't yeah. you still had summer. Yeah, well I hadn't even and it was a new school too, because we had moved from the base to uh Hanford in town and so I was a new girl in school. And mm. so um I I didn't have anybody to tell that story to, but I made friends quickly. Found they found me because they were I don't know, but they the, the one gal that overheard a conversation who I was talking to that I had just seen the Beatles. We became fast friends, and she is my BFF to this day. And uh, oh, actually spent you know six weeks at my house here. But yeah, she. Um, so that's that. What is what made our friendship from there? In fact, we formed a rock band in high school who beat Steve Perry in Battle of the Bands. But that's another story later on. Beat who? <laughs> Steve Perry, Journey. <gasps> really? Yeah, oh, yeah. I went to school story. with Steve oh. Perry. Yeah, his first wow. drummer was my first kiss. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, <laughs> that was a fun thing. 
my, 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 my. Oh, yeah. Another story, another day. <laughs> yeah, another day. <laughs> even, even if it, even if it's not in this, you know, <laughs> you know, public for public, thing, you and I are going to discuss this someday. So that's that's yeah. Great. Well, so, yeah, we got to travel. Yeah, we gotta I want to hear this thing. I want to hear that. You know, when we meet in Japan or Brazil or someplace for for Paul's concert, we'll we'll you can tell me that story at the time. That's right. Um, Right, so so you get home and you in it was it in the meantime or over the summer you had moved before the concert or right it was a couple months before the concert we moved yeah okay okay well you, you were you used to moving because of being yeah um, yeah yeah I'm a, a navy brat yeah yeah it was no big deal right except you know trying to keep Beatles friends but you said you found one. Which is well, yeah, you have this magnet, and it's funny too that if you look at the yearbook, they always have that um, prophecy what you're going to be in 20 years from now or something like mm-hmm. that. And and it was like, I'm going to be Mrs. John Lennon. <laughs> <laughs> so, in my uh, uh, so one of my class reunions after I saw Paul um, when I was on stage with him for the first time in 2013, I had those pictures, a collage made. And uh, I posted it because people could post pictures about stuff. And so I posted uh-huh. that picture. Because we used to just post the picture. Remember uh, remember when Vicky and Sue beat Steve at the Battle of Bands? Well, now I upped it. Rem- remember when Sue was on stage and kissed Paul McCartney? <laughs> <laughs> now, now, wait a second. Wait a second. Now, see, I was just going to ask you about that. So the picture, the picture which, you know, will load up into the, the slideshow, uh-huh. So everybody can see your pictures. Um, you have a picture of you on. You got to go on stage now. Is this the last time you saw Paul? That you got to go on stage or no? Oh no, no. The 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 two times I was on stage. The first time was 2013 in Vienna. That was at Soundcheck, and then 2016 Ooh. in the concert in Seattle. Oh. So yeah, but the last time I wow. saw Paul on, was at side, was on, at Dodger the World. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, cool. yeah. Vienna was so, amazing. So, and you got this. You got to kiss him. Is that? Yes. <laughs> so, so should I tell you the story? It's too exciting. How much time do we have oh. left here? Oh my god. Oh, I, I don't care how much time we have left. I want okay. To the story. <laughs> okay. So you can do a two-parter here, right? Yeah, whatever. Okay. Whatever it takes. <laughs> Okay, so I'll try to be I, – I like detail, but I'm going to keep this as, as succinct as I can. So okay. um, so anyway, when I, st- I, when I started re-following – well, I shouldn't say re-following. Okay, so I got a divorce in 2010, and mm-hmm. I, um, my husband left. He was the love of my life. John was his name, right? Um, mm-hmm. And at the same time, my dad's estate had settled. He had died in 1993, but it didn't settle until 2010 because of um, uh, stepmom in the picture. But anyway, um, mm-hmm. I I took that money. I took my kids to Europe, and I did some good things with my kids. But Great. my daddy's mm-hmm. money financed uh, more than half of those concert tickets um, because, and that was that's what enabled me to go to Europe. Every time I would go to Europe, I would stay there for a month and travel. Compliments of my daddy's estate. Yeah, and. I'm a daddy estate girl too. So. <laughs> well, thank you, Daddy, because I, you know he. I haven't, I haven't had the time to travel with my money because nobody's invited me to go see Paul. Well, girlfriend, you might have a road dog here, okay? <laughs> so, so tell me, so go on about your story. Okay, so I so um and Paul started having he he his uh I saw him at. Uh, in Vegas, when he reopened the the joint at the Hard Rock, that was freaking amazing. That was the first time I had seen him. I'd seen him in 1989 in Berkeley, mm-hmm. um, but my the, the seats weren't that great, um, and so I hadn't seen him for years because my life mm-hmm. had you know didn't go down that path. I didn't follow him in Wings. Mm-hmm. Um, I was um, I don't want to make apologies, but I I became. I got clean and sober, and I became Susie Christian, and my life mm-hmm. just totally changed around. And I didn't, mm-hmm. um, I didn't do rock music, um, and I was raising my kids, and right. mm-hmm. and and I was involved in a lot of uh, 
social justice stuff. I was, you know, that's the old hippie and he's saving the world and all that. So my life was mm-hmm. different. So now my kids are grown and gone. No man to, to worry about. And I hit the mm-hmm. road. And um, so seeing him at the joint, there was no barriers. We were right there. I mean, you could look at his wow. nose hair. It was <laughs> amazing. Uh, my hearing started to go out. I didn't know what happened when you are that close to that much music and all that jazz. It was like I kept thinking, there's something wrong with the sound here. No, it was my ears. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So I was just totally shell-shocked from that experience, just absolutely amazing. And then um, shortly after that, I think that was like April or something, but shortly after that, he, no, that was before that. Anyway, he was at Hollywood Bowl. And um, I took, I got tickets for the very same seats that I sat in in 1965. And I bought them for my three sisters, my three children, my three grandchildren, and my three best friends. I bought them all tickets on daddy's money. And Aww. a couple of them couldn't show up, but they took up that whole row, and they sat where I would have sat. And I sat second row right underneath Paul's microphone. <laughs> <laughs> Love you guys, but uh-uh, I'm, I'm going up front. <laughs> this is how I'm going to roll. And so that was my first sound check. Oh, my gosh. And there was this guy there that he kept, you know, talking to. And it's, and come to find out later, he he's our fearless leader, Ricky Glover, fans on the run. And oh, he wow. was on first name basis with Ricky and then Bob Gannon, too, They because they had been faithful followers of Paul all those other years, too. So, you know, they're like in the 200s, but they stopped counting, I think, how many times they've seen Paul. But I, I didn't, I, I just was dumbfounded at how Paul related to, you know, the people in the audience and how genuine he was mm-hmm. and how cute he was. Oh, After God. all these years. Oh, my God. So, so cute. So that was amazing. So I was hooked from that point on. So mm-hmm. um, I, I found out about uh, Slow Tick. Uh, Shelly Lazar, mm-hmm. VIP tickets. Uh, mm-hmm. She was the bomb, um, mm-hmm. as they know her, the MF, you know, ticket queen. Um, mm-hmm. Just um, amazing lady. Uh, just oh god, her energy was so cool. It's like I want to be you. I could be you. Don't you want me to work for you? <laughs> that sort of thing. <laughs> and that was amazing. And so then um, we let's see what else. Um, so, so yeah, so I just proceeded to follow Paul from that moment on and sound check. It was just like, there was no other way to go. Once you are in those first couple of rows to go back. Oh, I, I know there's been times where I couldn't afford it and I had to be like mm-hmm. in the 10th or the 11th row. It was a killer. Oh my God. Oh. We got far back. <laughs> so yeah, all my money, all <laughs> everything. I have no savings. Everything. Yeah, so you're gonna ball. you're you're planning on going down with a smile on your face, not yes. rich, but with oh, a smile on your gosh. face. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, and besides, he was used to me being there because early on, well, people start making signs. It's like, heck yeah, I want him to pay attention to me. So um, I made a sign that says, "Paul turns me on." Because that that night of the Hollywood Bowl, I said uh, my sign said, "You're my birthday present," which was not my birthday, but you know it's all right to lie. What the hell? You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> and and we, we the, do what we got to do. Yeah, you're just my birthday present on a different day. Hello, right? You know, and so he made a comment. You know, and some of you are having birthdays tonight, and he points to my sign. Oh my God, I could have died right then and gone to heaven. I thought that was amazing. So then. Um, yeah, I followed him, um, and I think the other time that was monumental because he – okay, so I started my sign was my standard mm-hmm. sign, Paul turns me on. He loved my sign because I was always close. He could mm-hmm. read it, and every concert – that's why my number three is my lucky number. He would acknowledge it by giving me a thumbs up, nodding, laughing, um, throwing me mm-hmm. a kiss sometimes, uh, mm-hmm. uh, shooting me, you know, with his finger, you know, sort of thing. 
just all these different recognitions. It was like, oh, my gosh. So if I wasn't close enough where he couldn't see me, I thought, poor Paul, he didn't have a good concert tonight. He needs me. You know? Right. (laughs) I made his night. I know. It was crazy. So we have this little, you know, recognition going. And people would say, well, he he recognizes you because he thinks that you look like Linda. Well, I'll, I don't know. I think I look like Cynthia, but I'll take that, you know, whatever. Yeah, I, so yeah, anyway. I think Cynthia too, but. Yeah, for sure. So the night of, um, 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 2011, um, the tour that mm-hmm. he did, um, it was, I went to Europe because, um, see, I had, I had told you I had been, you know, using drugs and alcohol and I was clean and sober for 18 mm-hmm. years. Then I relapsed for five years. And so, um, I got clean and sober again after 18 years. And, um, mm-hmm. I mean, after I was sober for 18 years, relapsed for five years, got sober in 1993. So in 2011, mm-hmm. it was my second and a second time of having 18 years clean and sober. Okay. And my sobriety date is December 20th, 2011. Well, Paul just so happened his closing show for that year for his tour was in Liverpool. So I had done that tour in Europe that year, but the closing night was in Liverpool, my sobriety birthday that night. So I had a uh, special sign made out of, you know, canvas uh, mm-hmm. printed with a picture of Paul that I had taken at Yankee and it says tonight I celebrate 18 years clean and sober with you. And I was in the third row and that's when he used to do two encores. And when he was leaving the stage, he bends over and he points at my sign, gives me a thumbs up, points to heaven, points back to me, then puts his fist over his heart, pounds his heart and throws me a kiss. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Oh, my God. That was heaven. (laughs) He acknowledged my sobriety. He was, I mean, and, you know, I mean, yeah, that was the greatest of greats. What a sweetheart, you know. So that night after the after party was uh, at the Echo Arena, and he threw a party for everybody that wanted to stay that was VIP, and, oh, my gosh, it was so cool. But it was crazy because they had this big old champagne fountain, and it was like free booze for everybody, and everybody was drinking up a storm. And they're all taking pictures mm-hmm. with my sign with glasses of champagne. You know, <laughs> tonight I celebrate <laughs> 18 years clean and sober with you, <laughs> which was really a hoot. <laughs> for Here's that. to you. So, Cheers. Yeah, for real. You know. So fast forward. So so then to the the tour for 2013. Um, mm-hmm. He did. Um, he started out. Okay. So in February of 2013, I went to this benefit concert that they do every year in LA. That's called. Um, mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Um, Oh, it's for autism. Um, mm-hmm. Wild okay. Wild Honey, that's what it's called, Wild Honey. And okay. all different mm-hmm. musicians just volunteer their time, and they do these jam sessions. But what they do, they take a Beatle album, and they play it in order from one side to the other side. And that's the whole concert is the whole Beatle album. And that oh, year, okay. a, a friend of mine that played in a, a, a Beatles show called Just Imagine, it was a John story mm-hmm. in L.A., he was a keyboardist. He said, um, he says, Sue, I'm going to get you backstage and then the rest is up to you. So when the concert was over, he called me up on stage and he says, okay, you're on your own. Because Rusty Anderson was playing in that mm-hmm. gig that, that night. And so, oh, okay. um, and Rusty's a doll. Oh my God, is he a doll? And so, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of times I would get tickets at Paul's concerts to be in between Paul and Rusty because Rusty is just gorgeous and and he's married. Oh yeah. Too, but he's still yeah. gorgeous, you know? And so anyway, <laughs> I, um, so I'm on stage and I had, I had a, um, uh, I had fallen down about a month before that and had a cast on my arm and it was all mm-hmm. hot pink and all that jazz. And so I'm walking like I'm going to go from the stage to backstage to look for Rusty and he comes around the corner and we almost bang into each other. And and he goes, oh you? And I go, yeah, it's me. 
and he recognized me from my signs, right? And mm-hmm. and he says, are, are you all right? And I said, yeah, you know, I'm still learning how to chew gum and walk at the same time. What can I say, you know? And so we just started small talking, and he just acted like we were just like best buds, you know? So cool. And, and, and he just, and then other people started joining the conversation and he kind of stands next to me like, you know, hey, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're talking here. Right. So I was like, yeah, for like an hour hanging out with Rusty. It was freaking amazing. So then, um, he says, he says, I just got to know one thing. He says, what does it take to get a sign like you did from McCartney? I said, dude, you do have a sign. The other sign that says Paul turns me on, it says you're hot, hot, hot. That is your sign. I made that for you. And when I flashed that for <laughs> you, you know, and I said, and, and he's tall, right? And I go, and now that I'm standing here looking at you, you are hot, hot, hot. And I just like melted <laughs> when I said that. <laughs> and, and, and he giggled and I giggled and like, dude, you are so hot. And he goes, well, what's it going to take to get a sign like McCartney? I said, okay, I know you can't tell me what's coming up. Nothing's been announced. But trust and believe, I will be there opening night, and you will have a sign. He goes, all right. So we took pictures, and we said goodbye. So that was February. April, Paul announces his tour. Opening is New York City. I'm in New York City. VIP, Mm -hmm. both nights at Barclays Center. My sign set, and I have one that says, Rusty turns me on, two, T-O-O. So I flash it during sound check, but I, I'm not the kind of sign person that holds it and blocks other people. I, I wait to look in my way, and I flash it real quick, and if they don't see it, I put it down right away. And so I was doing that, and every time I would put it up there, Paul would look the other way. Because I'm thinking Paul's ego is going to like, you know, okay, well, he's got right. one up on me. What's this about, you know? And never, mm-hmm. Paul never saw it. And Rusty, he would throw me peace sign kisses and he'd wink at me and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is cool. People turn around like, I go, yeah, that's me. He's, he's given that one to me. <laughs> and both <laughs> concerts, both sound checks, nothing happened. I'm like, what the heck, man? But I already had tickets because they were doing Europe after New York, right? Home. It was mm-hmm. like three weeks later. So I came home. And um, then I went to Europe. And Paul's birthday is June 18th. Well, the first show in Europe was Warsaw. And in like it was like two or three days later was the Warsaw concert. Mm-hmm. And so I had this big thing planned. I had made professionally I had it made this picture that I took of Paul um, mm-hmm. gorgeous picture playing guitar gorgeous suit um, and it was on a poster the size of four by five feet huge right mm-hmm. and there was wow. a border yeah. around it was uh, and it's in it's and it's on top of like the Union Jack flag and it says uh, rock on happy birthday on it and and mm-hmm. I rolled that up, carried it on the plane with brown paper wrapping on it. I also had mm-hmm. 700, 700 pictures taken, uh, I mean, printed of Paul on cardstock paper, size 11 by 14. So they're, they're a little bit bigger than usual. And it says, Happy Birthday, Paul. That's a picture of him uh, with the, the red nose day, picture of all four Beatles together being uh-huh. silly. And happy birthday, uh-huh. Paul. And then I also had on poster paper, you know, the regular size, you know, two by three foot paper, poster mm-hmm. paper, letters spelling mm-hmm. out happy birthday, Paul. So H-A-P-P, I mean, happy birthday, Paul. Right. I had front row seats, Warsaw. So I, and wow. it was like an act of God to get those into there. Gestapo tried to confiscate and, and Paul's security people had to come to my rescue to let me bring them in. We already had been in there for sound check, but they made us leave right. the whole venue to during instead of staying. They're, they were very communistic. Hmm. It was like a different experience. Mm-hmm. It creeped me out. And But during sound check, I had all the people at sound check sign the back of it. So it was like a birthday card to Paul because that's what I was going to give it to mm-hmm. him, right? Like he wants a four-by-five-foot poster of him, right? <laughs> Duh. <laughs> And so, people, so anyway, we giving them worse. <laughs> yeah, really. It's a thought that counts. What can you say? So we get yeah. into the concert finally, and 
What I didn't know is that on Polish Facebook pages, these gals had uh, organized this thing with little eight and a half by 11 sheets of paper, just says, hey, Paul. One one sheet Mm -hmm. would say, hey, and the other sheet would say, Paul. What the heck? And on there in Polish, it said to put them up uh, after all my loving. Well, so that was it. And we tried to communicate uh, through Facebook with Brian to get them to to go into a riff of happy birthday because this is what we were going to do. We had this birthday thing planned. Mm-hmm. I say we because my mm-hmm. I had, by then I had made fans on the run friends with some people, mm-hmm. and they were going to help me. So we get into the concert, and I'm passing out 700 of these papers to everybody in the VIP section. But people were coming down from mm-hmm. other sections and taking them and going back to their seats. And so it was real sporadic. And, and I cannot get any pictures of it to this day. There's the pictures that are posted of, hey, Paul, but not happy birthday, Paul. But the plan was, so all the people in the front row, I said, do me a favor. I need you to, to all of you put this up at the same time, okay? And watch me because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold up the big one, the four-foot one. And you guys are going to do it mm-hmm. and we're going to spell it out. So we did. And everybody, and I had to go with them after all my loving. So the whole stadium, which held like 52,000 people, it was a soccer stadium, everybody sang mm-hmm. happy birthday to Paul. And you know it's the same in Poland as it is in America. And so <laughs> Paul stops. You know, and Paul is very much perfectionist. This is messing with his little, mm-hmm. you know, uh, set plan right. here. And set listening. Mm-hmm. So everybody sings happy birthday and he stops and he does the, the namaste hands like, thank you very much. Thank you, mm-hmm. Poland. And I go, and Sue, <laughs> I want recognition, <laughs> right? Right. And so then after the concert, I tried to get uh, Brian Riddle, his security guy, to give Paul the card. And he goes, no, 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 no. He says, he says don't, just keep it. He says, Paul, you know, he'll just leave it. It's it's too much you know, and nice idea, but no not going to work and and i was Mm -hmm. like okay and i was hoping that you know i said well tell paul i have it so he'll call me up on stage and i can present it to him he goes you don't tell paul what to do you don't tell him what to do or who to pick it's it's paul's show not Uh. okay and brian's very stern when he talks to you too you listen to paul Mm -hmm. i mean to brian Mm -hmm. so anyway that was the end of warsaw it was fun but that's all. Nothing happened. So then, uh, two days later, we're in um, Verona, Italy, and Verona mm-hmm. was in this amazing um, um, arena. It's for the opera, mm-hmm. right? And it's go- it's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And we're walking the streets, and we run into Rusty again, and, and it's <laughs> like, hey. That was really cool in New York. I go, oh, yeah, I'm so glad you liked it. I told you. And I said, I'll hook you up again tonight, dude, and all that stuff. He's like, you know, whoopie goop, and he mm-hmm. went about his way. We walked a little bit further, and all of a sudden, Brian uh, Ray is walking, and he goes, hey, mm-hmm. it's you. And I go, yeah, it's me. <laughs> and, 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 and we just start talking, and he introduces me to this cute little girl that's with him. and um, I say little because she was young, and um, mm-hmm. but not too young for Brian, right? And and another right, guy right. named Paul, exactly. who <laughs> another guy named Paul, who is their their sound and light guy, not sound guy, but light guy. And uh, mm-hmm. so we're talking, and he goes, he goes, I gotta know what um, what did Rusty do for you to make that sign for him. He says, we've been talking about that. And, and I said, oh, my God, you guys are talking about my sign? Oh, my God, I have arrived. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this is getting better than ever. And so, and, and, and I said, well, you know, I can't throw Rusty under the bus right now. I can't tell you, you know. <laughs> uh, he goes, well, what's it going to take for me to get a sign? And I said, well, dude, the thing is, we took pictures together. He goes, well, girl, get your rock star on. And he starts taking selfies of us together, right? And in the meantime, the, this guy that I had met in Verona, youngster, he was a Foo Fighter. He was the president of the Foo Fighter Italian fan club. And he's got mm-hmm. a Foo Fighter shirt on. Well, 
and then Brian sees that, you know, Foo Fighters, David Grohl, Paul McCartney, oh, my God, you know, they're best right. of buds, right? Mm-hmm. So Brian mm-hmm. and, and Marco is my Italian friend's name. They're just like, oh, my God, and they're talking, you know, David Grohl, blah, 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 like crazy. So then there's this other guy mm-hmm. off to the side of them because I'm talking a little bit to um, Brian's girlfriend, friend, um, but she mm-hmm. is South American and she didn't speak very much English, so it was difficult. And so the other guy that was with him, like it was the light guy, and so he starts talking to me. He said, "So you really make the concerts happen?" I go, "Really? Who are you? What do you do?" And so he says that I, I do the lighting. I go, "Oh my God, dude, tell me about the lighting, because I got to know. Because when I'm at some of these concerts." Can you adjust those spotlights? Because I feel like the spotlight is just on me. And sometimes I feel like I need to put my shades on. It's so bright. And he laughed. He said, Sue, you dance more than anybody else at these concerts. He says, you make it fun. We like to watch you dance. Oh, my <laughs> God. No wonder Paul threw me kisses. He's seen me, you know? Thousands of, oh. thousands of fans. No one's seeing me. Even in the front row, nobody's seeing me, you know. Oh, my God. But, but I always wear red, so you pop out because of red. That's a little hint, by the way. So anyway, um, so okay. so that was that was freaking amazing when he said that. And I said, um, that, I said, I, I just can't tell you how wonderful that is that you do. And he goes, well, you know, you make it fun. And, I, and he was American. I said, dude, where are you from? He goes, San Francisco. I go, I go, that's just a couple hours from my house. I said, we should hang out sometime. You know, and he's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> sure. Like, whatever. Sure. You know, you're not bad looking either, by the way, dude. But, you know, we're, we'll are we talk about that later, you know, right? And right. so <laughs> so then um, <laughs> it was so funny. So then um, Brian and I get talking some more. Because I know Brian's in recovery, and I am too. And that year, because I, I, I had a program that I, was, um, that I had founded right. and the state of California. I'm going to interrupt you real quick, Sue, because I think sure. we're going to be cut off here soon. So, oh, okay. So let's, uh, I mean, in a minute. You got a minute. Okay. So, uh, okay. so anyway, he, oh, my God. Okay. So this has been a long time to get to the kiss. So anyway, um, that night at the at the concert in Verona, the spotlight was on me, and I was like a go-go girl, and we were dancing like, and I was dancing, and I was the only one that danced uh-huh. because in Verona, people sat down. Italians don't stand oh, up during the concert, and I had a gotten, mm. but at the end of the song, they stand up and applause, and then they sit down again. So I had a guy next to me. He he had a poster rolled up, and he hit me with the poster, and I said, "Excuse me, you just hit me." He says, "You must sit down." And I said, no, I must rock out, you know, because, and, and he goes, no, you must sit. And he motions for me to look behind and everybody is sitting down. I'm like, I'm sorry, people, you're missing out. You know, I paid a lot of money for this uh-huh. seat. I'll do what I damn well please with it, you know. Right. And so I'm dancing. And and then uh-huh. people, uh, somebody went up and complained to the security guy and Brian came out and like, no, I could see the sign line, like, no, leave her alone, points to Paul and he thumbs up like Paul likes it, you know. And so after he did Live and Let Die with the fireworks, people started to stand up then. They got into it. So anyway, two nights, I'm going to end of that night. Fast forward, two more nights later in Vienna for sound check. And, mm-hmm. oh, 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 I'm, I'm back up to Verona. Brian said, what does it take to get a sign? So I said, Brian, I'll hook you up. Well, I didn't have time to make a sign that night for Verona, but I had it for Vienna. So I've got mm-hmm. Paul turns me on, Rusty turns me on too, and now Brian turns me on too. Signs, right? <laughs> and so I'm in the sound check, and a couple of songs are, are going on, and I flash my sign to Paul so he knows I'm here. Okay, crazy baby's here. We can rock now. And then mm-hmm. about halfway through, I flash Rusty turns me on, too, and, and they're all laughing because, like, yep, there she is, you know. And then I wait too mm-hmm. long to do Paul turns, I mean, uh, Brian turns me on, too, and I flash it at the very last chord. That was the end of the song. And then and the, mm-hmm. all the guys are laughing. Paul goes to the edge of the stage, and he calls Brian Riddle over. And he goes, he goes, mm-hmm. Brian, Brian, come here. And he points to me. He goes, look, she's got the hot for you, too. <laughs> And all the guys were laughing, 
Because they knew that Paul was clowning him, right? And they knew it was for Brian Ray, right? right? <laughs> uh-huh. And 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 Brian Riddle turns around because he's Scottish. He, he, his nickname is Scotty. He goes, oh, Lassie, give me a hug. I go, kiss too, baby. And I point to my cheek and he comes over and he gives me a hug and he kisses me on the cheek. Oh, Lassie, you made me day. And then he went about, the, and it was the rest of the sound check. And it was really exciting because I had this interaction with Paul. I'm like, oh, my God, this is fabulous. <laughs> Unfortunately, Beatles fans, we ran out of time. But come back next week to hear the part two of Sue Weisenhouse's story and how she got her tattoo. See you then. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.